When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Maryland sports fans. There's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's off-track betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. So, Trav, I actually have used BetterHelp in the past, and it was a really, really great experience. I loved my therapist. He gave me a lot of great tools that I still use to this day. You know... Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. Good news is, therapy does work. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be, really. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and you would like some tools to help. Maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever it is you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. And it's much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And we've got a special offer for No Filler listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at BetterHelp.com slash No Filler. That's BetterHelp.com slash No Filler. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Welcome to No Filler, I'm Travis, and I do not have my twin brother Quentin with me today. The co-host that everybody knows and loves will not be joining us for the next few weeks because he is a newly minted father. As he has been teasing the last month or so, his baby finally arrived, and um, I'm not going to share any more information about this child because I, you know, I'd rather let Quentin do that when he comes back, but I can confirm one thing. The baby is adorable. And I mean, it would have to be because it shares some of my DNA, 
right? Because that's how identical twins work. So, of course, the baby is, is, is good looking, you know? So, yeah, while he's off uh, being a father, I am getting some guests lined up for us. And I've got some in the works, some of whom you may recognize from previous No Filler episodes. Some perhaps brand new. So stay tuned for that. Next week, we should have our first guest lined up. And um, yeah, I won't give any details on that because not everything is finalized yet. But just know that next week, we will be returning to our regularly scheduled programming. But for this week, I thought, what better episode to pull out of the archives than our Doom Gaze episode, which we have been talking about, I feel like, every week for the past three weeks, because, um, yeah, we've been covering a lot of bands that, that we actually talked about on that episode. Pensy Slow, Spotlights. In addition to that, we dive into the history of Doom Gaze, the term, the origin of it, you know, sort of like the evolution of it. And now you don't have to go looking for it. All right. So as always, thank you for tuning in. My name is Travis. I will see you guys next week with a brand spanking new host filling in for Quentin. And here is our Doom Gaze episode. And welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Travis. I got my brother Quentin with me, as always. And we have arrived at our destination queue. Two weeks ago, we said, you know what? What happens if you take doom metal and you take shoegaze and you mix them together? What happens? We're about to answer that question. You get some shoe doom, and I'm excited. I'm excited <laughs> to hear it, man. You get what they call doom gaze, which is a real thing. We actually talked about a doom gaze band. Uh, who knows when, but it was one of my what you heard's. It was a doom gaze band called Holy Fawn. Yeah, it was so really gonna, good. I, I liked it. Yeah, it had a lot of interesting things going on. Um. But we're going to get into the history of Doom Gaze a little bit here. Before we before we get to 2018, we got to go back a couple decades. Should we do a recap on Doom Metal and Shoegaze? Yes. Just in case you're joining us for the first time. I think so. So, yeah. What is Doom Metal, right? We talked about this a couple weeks ago, obviously, when we did our sleep episode. That was the first episode in our Doom, Shoegaze, Doom Gaze trio of episodes here but we've talked about doom metal before we've talked about stoner metal there's a lot of similarities and crossovers between those two you know we talked about um caius we did an episode on caius we did an episode on queens of the stone age we've even done an episode on black sabbath the boys themselves that's very good point q the granddaddies of them all the origin of the doom metal sound is uh kind of widely agreed upon as um 
started in, in 1972 on Black Sabbath's record Into the Void. And um, yeah, basically it's this slower, um, slower paced, heavy metal sound that is um, sort of rooted in that bluesy metal sound that the Black Sabbath started. Yeah. But just slowed down and like it sings a lot thematically it's a lot about um you know depression and and isolation and stuff like that right doom and gloom doom and gloom yeah i mean hence the name doom doom metal right so sleep the band that we talked about a couple weeks ago isn't really just what's the what's the term they're not they're more of a stoner metal band than a doom metal band but they had a lot of those characteristics of the slowness, the Sabbath-esque metal sound that they also sort of fall under the doom umbrella. But but they're less gloomy, right? I mean, that's kind of so uh, a lot of it is is the lyrics and yeah, what you know what they're singing about. Yeah, I mean, Sleep sings about you know smoking weed and stuff, not exclusively, <laughs> yeah. but right. But um, anyway, and then you've got shoegaze now. If you've listened to our podcast before, you know that we're huge, huge fans of Shoegaze and Dream Pop. And Shoegaze, I think, spawned around the same time. Well, it started a little bit before grunge, but I feel like it's 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 more well, I don't know. I always try I always try to compare it to grunge. I don't know why I do well, that. Well, it has a lot I mean, it's got some crossover. But the the yeah. main characteristic of Shoegaze, what makes Shoegaze shoegaze at least the origin of it was that entirely new guitar sound that glide guitar that uh kevin shields created yeah where where you kind of create that weird like juxtaposition of tones with with the way you strum the guitar and it kind of makes it waver in and out and then you just throw in all this distortion and feedback yeah there's yeah you create this like wall of sound right so wall of sound right so yeah, that's kind of the the gist of it, right? And it, as we've talked about before, like so many, it, it's it's you know we talk about shoegaze and, and grunge kind of starting at the same time. Grunge saw its moment, right? Yeah, and then went away. It's it's it it's coming back. It's coming back in a small way, but like shoegaze has been there the whole time. Like it evolved into dream dream pop, as we talked about, but it's kind of one of the same. Dream pop is a little bit more like melodic and stuff like that. A little bit more indie sounding but it's the same share some of the same characteristics yeah it is interesting to think about how like if you know if you would have asked someone in 1992 or you know 93 or 94 like which one of the two genres do you think is just going to stick around and never leave i bet you most of people most people would have said grunge yeah but yeah it definitely went away for a while but you know the thing about it like grunge is is the elements of grunge so it went on to inform other subgenres of metal and stuff like that, other subgenres of like alternative rock and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but shoegaze has sort of always been there uh, as far as like the shoegaze, like proper shoegaze sound. Yeah. It's always been, it never strayed away from, from like the, the loveless, my bloody Valentine kind of shoegaze sound. Yeah. Well, I'm excited, dude. Um, I feel like doom metal from what I'm learning, you know, I'm still, like I always say, I've got my training wheels on for for metal music. I think doom metal is my like my jam. I feel like 
Well, dude, the more I listen to it, just get ready because you're going to enjoy I'm, I'm so every ready, second man. of this. I'm pumped. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the three, what is considered like the three core artists that started the Doom Gaze sound, or at least when the Doom Gaze sound started to pop up. These are the bands that were sort of experimenting with that sound. So I got a lot of the information that I'm going to present is from this article on medium.com by this guy who essentially did kind of what I'm doing and said, hey, let me go find out about the history of, of, of Doom Gaze. And he found out that there's just really not a lot written about it. There's some subreddits thread here and there, you know, on like a shoegaze had a thread where somebody talked about Doom Gaze, like here and there, but there's no like definitive, there's not a lot of resources out there. So this guy decided to write an article about it basically like he wanted to be the source of truth i guess for the history of doomgate so very um in-depth article should we give a shout out to the author we don't do that enough we should do that we should do that so his name is well his username on um medium is we weavern oh god damn it dude i'm sorry yeah well let me see if i can find why do we do this story let me see if i can find a name hold on here I have his username. So that's del- that's W-Y-Y-V-E-R-N. And of course my internet has to go super slow, dude. <laughs> Soups slow. Uh, Can you cl- click on his name? I'm trying to. All right. <laughs> um, Weaver. For the, for the love of God. Maybe that's his surname. For the love of Pete. I'm just trying to get a name here. You know what? Pretend like I never asked, dude. For fuck's sake. All right, well. I'm sorry. His name is Weavern, okay? <laughs> W-Y-Y Vern is oh, his name on Medium. Okay. What more do you want to know? And this is the only article that he wrote on Medium. Anyway. Interesting. August 8th of 2020. So this article's still pretty fresh. So anyway, the point being... There's not a lot out there about the origins of this sound. This guy did his best to sort of compile his version of it. But it is sort of widely accepted that the sound originated back in the early 2000s, 2001 to be exact, by this multi-instrumentalist named K. Angelus. That's what he that's what he goes by. The okay. letter K. Angelus. And he had a solo project called The Angelic Process. So basically, what he is quoted as saying is that he, um, basically he's taking the use of crescendos and transitional structures that you would find from this experimental rock band called Swans, mixed with the heavy drumming sound of this band called Neurosis and their album Times of Grace, and adding to that the experimental sound, guitar sounds of My Bloody Valentine. There it is. As the main influence behind this work. So. I don't know much about swans or neurosis. Me neither. So. I don't know about swans or neurosis. But these are like experimental rock bands. Neurosis is a um, post-metal band. Okay. With some progressive rock and gothic rock influences. All right. So if you were to think in your mind... What would a doom, a doom metal plus a shoegaze sound? What would that sound be? Right. 
This is what you might think of when you hear it. Okay, this is a song by The Angelic Process off of a record that came out in 2003 called Coma Wearing, called The Sun in Braids. What are your initial mm. thoughts there? I love it, man. So he's taking that doom and gloom kind of feeling. And, dude, it's not just the experimental My Bloody Valentine guitar stylings that he borrowed from. It's same with, like, the way he's singing, too. Yeah, definitely. And that's part of it. And then it's all just kind of washed away in that wall of feedback and, you know, all that other stuff that yeah. that Kevin Shields did on, on Loveless. Yeah, so um, so here's how this album is kind of described. It is like living in a dream and a nightmare at once. Oh, my God, dude. I just got chills. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that great, though? Yeah. And that's kind of – that's I mean, think about the dream pop. That's the name of – Holy shit, That's often dude. another name used to describe shoegaze, right? Is that dreamy kind of feeling that you get. With Doom Gaze, it's a little bit more nightmarish, if you will, but it still has that quality. It's like a euphoric nightmare. Yeah, dude. 
euphoric nightmare. Ooh. So it's the heavy shoegaze drones type of sound, but it makes it sound apocalyptic, but also warm and uplifting, right? Damn. So it's kind of the hallmark of the genre, or at least it's the foundation which the genre is then built upon. So this was 2003. Keep that in mind. Well, let me say, it, it, I'm shocked that it did, that this sound didn't start sooner, like so earlier like, than, than 2000. So here's the thing. like it, It's not like this is a unique sound, but all of the elements of it are what make it unique. You did say it was around 2000, right? 2003 is when this came out. He had, start, he had an EP that came out before this in 2001. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, there are other, a lot of these early doom gaze artists and bands sort of came out of drone. There is a, another subgenre of metal called drone metal, which is very much just that, you know, it's just, a, a, I'm going to say wall of sound because it, it kind of is a wall of sound, but not paired with that, the really light and airy kind of dreamy vocals, ethereal vocals, stuff like that, right? Yeah, so there was a progression to the sound. Yeah, it's not... Okay. It didn't uh, come out of nowhere, but the fact that he mentioned the sh- the My Bloody Valentine guitar sound as an inspiration, uh, plus some of those other things. But anyway, so this is the like the foundation of the, the Doom Gaze sound. Like, he's sort of considered the person who started it, right? Cool. So let's move a couple of years forward to 2005. So here's another artist that goes by the name Jesu. And he, he being Justin Broderick, he is the man behind this this solo project. And so he used to be in a band called Godflesh, an industrial metal pioneer band called Godflesh. And so the band broke up in 2002 for various reasons. And um, Justin Broderick had started to experiment um, with this other sound, t- taking his writing in a new direction, which showed up in a hidden track on the Godflesh record, Hymns. And that track was called Jesu, the very last track on this record. And so that new direction that he took his sound in, he then took the same name of the song, Jesu, and started a new side project called Jesu, right? So he was basically so enamored with this new direction he was taking his music in that he wanted to just start a whole new side project devoted to just that type of sound you know what that sounds like to me man um what's his name tom delange with um uh boxcar racer or angels and airwaves and all that stuff yeah yeah i mean that happens dude it happens you know because people artists you know sometimes they gotta they evolved past yeah. the sound of the band that they were in originally. Exactly. Yeah, dude. So anyway, um, the difference though, and what you'll hear between this song that I'm going to play and the Angelic Process track that I just played, was that um, his stuff, at least his early stuff, was a little bit more heavy and like metal-centered. Still got the shoegaze inspiration behind it, but it's more of a, it's got a little bit more metal to it, right? So here's a song off of his self-titled EP called Friends Are Evil.
so yeah that was that was a little more um on the nose for metal dude i feel like but it did start to get a little droney like you had to kind of wait a little bit yeah yeah so i wanted to play that because the beginning of that song there's really nothing shoegazy about that at all right right but it sort of the song transitions into a more um like you said more drone like his vocals are more styled to along the lines of the shoegaze sound yeah that's what i was gonna say is vocals threw me for a loop yeah because I, you know yeah it, it was so straightforward metal and that's until he started singing right and that's part of and you gotta understand that this guy was in a like a pioneering industrial metal band yeah for years and then he started to sort of experiment a little, a little bit with his his sound but that's that's part of what makes doom gaze doom gaze is the contrast between the heavy heavy and like the soft right and a lot of times that's how it is with the shoegaze song too like some of the stuff on loveless by my bloody valentine is heavy in the sense that there's just a lot of sound coming at you it's a lot of noise yeah and then you hear their soft vocals and it is a contrast right so doom gaze i feel like like heightens that contrast because the heavy side of it is metal sometimes sometimes not always and that's kind of why i wanted to play that track in particular by jesu the stuff that he comes out with after starts to become more and more shoegazy but the stuff he was doing on a self-titled was still very much rooted in like post metal metal type sound which is interesting because it's yeah it's taking that stuff and adding some shoegaze elements to it and this was a couple years after uh angelic process album that we played from yeah so this was 2005 Okay. All right. One last tr- track here before we get into the more contemporary shoe, uh, doom gay stuff. So we can talk about the three, the, the three pioneers here. The last group is Nadja. Nadja. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's N A D J A. Nadja. And uh, it is two artists, one named Leah Buckareff and another named Aiden Baker. Aiden Baker. So this is a duo. The last two were solo artists, right? So we're going to play a track off of their 2008 record. It's actually a single that came out called Long Dark Twenties. So what I wanted to point out with this group is that these guys are more drone metal centric, right? At least a lot of their rec- the stuff that they put out is more drone, drone-esque, right? So when you say drone metal as opposed to doom gaze, you're really just talking more about the guitar stylings. It's it's more metal than shoegaze. Drone metal is more like um, it's long duration music tones like a drone, right? Okay. It's more repetitive, more instrumental almost, right? Gotcha. Okay. Formed in Washington, Q, by the way. Hey, Seattle. Yeah, Seattle, Washington. Early 90s. Look at that. Uh, Its stylistic origins are doom metal. So there you go. So, um, all right. This band, again, is called Nadja. This song came out in 2008. Um, Like I was saying, they're they're more, when you look at their body of work, it's more drone metal type stuff. But there are a handful of tracks that they put out that sort of highlight their interpretation of doom gaze when they leaned in that direction. And this track is one of them. So this is called Long Dark Twenties.
I really liked that, dude. Okay, well, to me, that captured the Doom side perfectly, and their vocals were super shoegazy. Um, well, very monotone, like monotone. not much. Yeah, I liked that a lot. It was cool. And that's the drone side of them, right? Um, sure. But anyway, all right. So that's th- those three artists are considered the um, sort of the the, the core three of the of the foundation of Doomgaze. So now we're at 2008, right? Here's what happened in around this time. So in the fall of 2007, the Angelic Process, he had brought on another artist who collaborated with him. So they had just put out a record called Wing Souls with Sand. And they were about to go on tour when Kay Angelus was involved in an accident that left him with a broken hand. Mm. And this was the same hand that uh, had already been permanently damaged in a near fatal car accident that he was in when he was 18. So he was unsure, even with surgery, whether or not he'd ever be able to play again. So he put out this message to his fans and stuff that said, I have made music for the last 12 years, nearly half of my life. I've done the angelic process for nearly nine of those years. When I think about who I am without music, I don't really know. Sometimes something is so much a part of you. And then a few months later, he died by suicide. Oh, I know. It's tragic. So did not see that coming, dude. Yeah. So he was depressed. You know, he fell into depression. Yeah, that was his whole identity. Right. So fuck, man. Anyway, that people sort of point to that as sort of the the decline of like whatever momentum the genre may have had at that time because you know tap is sort of or tap the angelic process was sort of the the face of it the the starters of it and so there's this moment this period of decline as they say between 2008 to around 2014 or so so there were other artists that were putting out you know music that sounded like that that that's you know that still sounded like it but the genre itself wasn't getting much attention other other words were being thrown around to describe these different bands so uh other terms that would pop up were things like drone metal again right ambient drone metal so they throw the word ambient in front of it dream sludge bliss oh, metal get that out of here lava flow metal <laughs> no those are all terrible well there you go but the doom the, gaze, the term doom gaze uh never caught on uh it's just sort of morphing into these other genres that had elements of it but but the the term itself didn't really stick until around 2010 and um i think it started also popping up um 2009 ish you would see that tag show up on artists on like last fm and stuff like that right and there were articles and stuff that started throwing the term out here and there so starting to see some momentum picking up again as far as like that term being used to describe a sound, right? And then the post-rock band called This Will Destroy You used that term in 2010 uh, to describe a record that they were putting out called Tunnel Blanket. Nice. So now we are in... So they used they used Doomgaze? Doomgaze, yeah, they used the term. Okay. So now we're in um, early 2000s 
when the genre starts to pick up again. So now the other, the next three or four songs, depending on if we decide to play a fourth one here, are going to be more contemporary artists under this genre. So this is when, to me, you know how if you look at dream pop artists compared to the classic shoegaze artists like My Ability Valentine and Slow Dive and all of them, yeah, it's more melodic, right? Yeah. It's more straightforward, almost like indie indie type tunes, but it's got those core elements of shoegaze. To me, the contemporary artists under the doom gaze genre sort of follow the same kind of pattern, right? Where it's more melodic, it's more um, digestible, I guess, packageable, if you will. Yeah. More contemporary. Let's take a quick break. So I think you're going to hear a, a huge difference here in these sounds compared to the, the origin, the three. I'm excited, man. But when you hear those three, you can kind of see how it turns into this kind of stuff. So all right, we're going to jump to 2017. This is considered the year where the genre took off. And um, so there's a band, we're not going to play them, but there's a band called Pale Horse Pale Rider, which put out their debut record in 2017 called Burial Songs. And the site placed it as number one on the list of records that year and would go on to remark, this website echoes and dusts, that Doomgaze became a fully-fledged thing in 2017. So, now the genre has arrived. Here we go. We're going to play a song by a band called Cloakroom called Seedless Star off of their record Time Well.
Love it. All about it. We've arrived, Q. We've arrived at our <laughs> destination. This is And you're you're totally right, dude. This is this is the dream pop side of yeah. shoegaze. Uh yeah, of yeah. So this is what to me this is what happened to shoegaze when it's when dream pop became a term that we started to use to describe shoegaze bands. Yeah. Like this is kind of what happened. But so like if you think about the the first three artists that we played, it's a solo artist here, you know, maybe a couple artists there that came out of like the drone metal more post metal scenes and started just experimenting with things you know what i mean hey what happens if i brought in the sound the guitar sound from my bloody valentine you know to my metal sound yeah basically it seemed like they were just like let's take metal let's take do metal and let's just throw that wall of sound on there and yeah. let's just bury my vocals in in feedback yeah, and it stuff was like very that. experimental right yeah so now 10 years later when bands like cloakroom start making sound uh songs it's bands that are like four four dudes right four artists together guitar bass vocals a band doing that sound right right i love it man so now let's let's spend some more time in in, in this decade here q because this is like i said especially this year this next song is also from 2017 this is when the genre took off and this is where when it's fully realized right all right this next track is from a band called spotlights this record is called seismic and the name of this track is called Under the Earth. I fucking love that song, man. I actually heard that for the first time just before we started recording because I was still hopping around nice, trying to nice. find a good mix of of, of bands to, to play here. Yeah. And this record is amazing, dude. Dude, um, I really liked the uh, 
Yeah. Well, that's part of the kind of the shoegaze. That's that kind of that droniness of it. Yeah, yeah. But I think that is a perfect example of so those like if you isolate some of those guitar riffs, take off the reverb a little bit, maybe it's a doom metal riff. You know what I mean? And if you think about his vocals, they almost sounded like uh, Billy Corgan a little bit, maybe. Hey, there we go. Right, Billy Corgan asked. I was wondering if grunge was going to make an appearance. Well, that's the thing. We, when we talked about, <laughs> you know, Smashing Pumpkins has some shoegaziness to them, for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, like, um, yeah, but those vocals were were kind of Billy Corgan-esque, in my opinion. But anyway, um, I'm going to quote from this um, article that I've been referring to here. But this is, um, he's actually referring to another record, but I think it applies here. He says, ethereal vocals plus reverb alongside heavy, doomy guitars combine to create a pretty faithful uh, sound to, to the term. Yeah. Okay. Doom gaze. Right. Yep. So that's what makes, and this is why we, I think we've talked about how what's great about shoegaze is you can literally take the elements of shoegaze and add them to just about any genre, you know, and it works. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like we've 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 talked about psychedelic shoegaze bands before. Yeah, we played a, f- a couple of them last week of, when we were yeah. you know, playing the heavier side of shoegaze right. for sure. So anyway, that's what I love about this genre, and I think it works really really well with metal, which is what these artists are kind of demonstrating. All right, so this next artist is. This record in particular is my new favorite record. So I fell into this rabbit hole quite a bit the last two weeks preparing for this episode. And this artist, Pincy Slow, or Pincy Slowy, I don't know how she pronounces it. I I think it's slow, brother. Is, she's amazing. I don't know much about her, unfortunately. But this record is amazing from start to finish. So it was very difficult for me to, to pick one song. So we might play two from her. Well, I hope you uh, picked a non-single, brother. Oh, I don't even know what the singles are for this, dude. Wow. Dude. I always try to keep it, uh, you know, yeah. faithful to the show, brother. I get it. But, <laughs> um, yeah, these are pretty, Here's pretty the obscure funny thing, artists. Dude. Most of the time with these more like, yeah, obscure artists. Yeah. I'll go to IMDB. Or IMDB. I always say that. I'll go to Discogs and it doesn't have any singles. Yeah. So what do you want? So you know <laughs> that's 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 true for this artist as well. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, this record came out in 2019. So now we're jumping a couple of years later. It is called "Don't Believe, Watch Out." It is the the only full length record that she's put out. So here's a little bit about this band. They're from Paris, France. It's a trio. Remember what I said about trios, dude? Trios are always the bomb. The bomb diggity. So that's not her name, then. That's the name of the band. Right. Okay. So her name is Diane Pel- Pelotieri. That's why not. Pelotieri? I don't know. Pelotieri? I don't know. Yeah, well, whatever. Something like that. Yeah, sure. And, uh, and hey, let's talk about females, female vocals in shoegaze, right? It's a staple of shoegaze. I think so, yeah, for sure. I think they, you know, going back to... Uh, didn't didn't slow dive had some? Oh, slow dive for sure. Dude. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Uh huh. And my bloody Valentine. Right. It's it's part of it, and there yeah. and and I think that that helps the contrast even more with Doomgaze, with the heavy metal plus the 
ethereal vocals when it's a female vocalist. Now, that being said, the song I'm going to play doesn't have much metal going on, but it's still the slower paced type of shoegaze, if you will, that makes it doomgaze. So this song is called Sins. Play one more track from her, Q, because I love this record. And we got time. We got time. Hey, dude, we got all the time in the world. All right, Q, so this track actually came out in 2017, the year the Doomgaze took off. So this song is off of Pincy Slow's debut self-titled record, and this song is called Salvage.
That's great. You can man. definitely hear that um, that guitar sound, the classic shoegaze guitar sound, kind of coming out there for sure. Yeah, but again, like it's a little, it's like a few steps back from that wall of sound. Yeah, it's not as um, the tempo is slower. Um, but there's not much metal in there. I was gonna say, are you hearing any doom riffs or metal riffs at all? Not, not with them. But I would say what makes them doom gaze is maybe the tempo of it, the slower pace of it. Yeah. And hey, dude, it's an evolving, ever evolving genre, you know. Right, and that's the thing. Like that's that's kind of what you have to keep in mind with 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 doom gaze is that kind of like with dream pop. So like that, there's dream pop artists that don't have any elements of of the classic shoegaze sound that you might think of in them, but they have pieces of it, right? So yeah, Pinsy Slow is kind of one of those those artists that doesn't, you know, when you listen to some of the other ones I played, like Cloakroom and Spot and Spotlights, they really sort of encapsulate that exactly that sound: doom metal plus shoegaze. But right, there's, right. you know, it's a range, right? Like it's a, it's not, it's not one or the other thing. You know what I mean? So I guess it's more like range gaze. <laughs> Sorry. It's, yeah. It, think about it like a, maybe like a, you know, doom, doom metal on one side, shoegaze on the other. Bands like Cloakroom and Spotlight are somewhere in the middle where they, they are taking both the elements from both. Pinsy Slow is a little bit more closer to shoegaze, but... Closer to shoegaze, but definitely still towards the middle of, yeah. of those two sides. Right, exactly. Because especially with that intro riff on Sins, that was a slow, could have been the start of a Doom song, and then it went into a completely different direction. I love her vocals. Yeah, me too. She almost has like a, I was thinking of like the cranberries a little bit there. Ooh. Maybe in that song Sins that we played. Yummy. Anyway. Dude, it was really, really hard for me to pick and narrow down a handful of tracks to play for this. I think we could spend a lot of time in Shoegaze, a lot of time in Doomgaze, because there's a lot of crossover there. But this is our favorite subgenre of rock and roll, I think, for a reason, because it's so versatile. So anyway, um, I'm going to close this out with another song by Holy Fawn that came out last year, just to show you that this is still going. It's it's basically sort of at its it's rising right now. In 2017, when it sort of took off, it's had a lot of uh, quite a momentum behind it. There's a lot of bands that sort of fall under this umbrella, and I think that's also in part because of the the doom metal popularity too. So there are doom metal bands that started to incorporate shoegaze elements into their doom sound, and now they're making doom gaze right, and vice versa. So cool, man. I think the genre is going to keep going, um, and I just—it's great if you're if you're a fan of shoegaze or doom metal. Like this is it, man. This is your this is your genre because there are bands like Holy Fawn, Spotlights, True Widow is another one that I really like. They're out of Dallas, actually. I had a few songs from them that I thought about playing, but I think I might save them for later. But uh, yeah, it's just a—you know—people make fun. It's kind of a, like a joke, like. I think we've we actually used this as a recurring joke on this podcast, but we we took it from the Mike Judge film extract. The guy that's in the metal band, yeah, he's in like three different metal bands. Yeah, yeah God's Cock is one of them. But he <laughs> um he's describing the sound of their metal band, and he's like, 
uh, you know, we're more kind of melodic grindcore. And it's supposed to be a joke because it's like, really, that's a subgenre? And it probably is, right? That's what's funny about it. But like, that's kind of the thing with metal. The, there's just so many different subgenres. And, and I don't think, I, I think Doomgaze is more of a subgenre of metal than it is of shoegaze. But um, as Pensy Slow is sort of demonstrating, like, it can start to, to, to lean more towards shoegaze, you know what I mean, as far as, like, an offshoot of shoegaze, right? Yeah. I guess the point I'm trying to make is I think with most of the bands that I've found that fall under this label, they are more rooted in metal, doom, doom-esque metal than shoegaze, but they incorporate shoegaze elements into their doom sound. So I think... Doomgaze, if you were to try to classify it, it's more of like a post-metal genre. You know, it's more of a kind of a melodic grand chord. <laughs> but this is what I'm talking about. Like, there's just so many offshoots yeah. of it, right? Anyway, I love it. I'm all about it. I spent the last week and a half, like, really diving into it. And there's a lot of great stuff out there. So if you liked what you heard, go read that article. I'll post it on Twitter. I'm not going to say I'm going to put it on our website because, well. Under what? construction. Website, yeah. it that way. Um, so maybe I'll post it on Twitter. Um, we're maybe I'll I'll see if this guy, Wervy Weaven Weaven, has a Twitter account. You know, we why Wyvern? I think this guy Wyvern. that wrote an article on Medium.com who did not list his name could be a could be a woman who wrote this. I don't know. Very in depth article for sure. Yes, very stuff. Comprehensive. All right. Well, that's all we got. What are we doing next week, man? Are we even a uh, what? Where are we going? You know. <laughs> well, next week's our What You Heard episode. Oh, that's brother. right. Okay. So that gives us some time to figure it out. I got a lot of great tracks, man. I will say it's hard to go three weeks without sharing new tunes, man. I think the problem is you just you end up sitting on a ton of songs, and then you have to kind of narrow it down to five, yeah. which makes it that much better, right? Because then those five songs should be the best of the best of what you've been listening to lately. Well, because it's over it's over a span of like a month. Right. And I yeah, and I'm listening to music all the time, like all the time. Well, as you can imagine, I discovered a lot of Doomgaze bands when I was kind of putting together this list here. That's what what you've been hurting, brother. That is what I've been hurting, sure. but I I've got I've been hurting a lot of other stuff too. So, I'm excited. Yeah, so in case you don't know what the hell we're talking about, uh what you heard was our our weekly segment that we would do at the end of every episode. We would each bring one song to the show, just whatever we've been listening to in between recordings. Uh, for 2021, we are doing that in a an episode format. So we're holding off on bringing what you heard's to each episode, and instead we're going to bring now we're doing we're doing about five songs each as an entire episode. So it's just nothing but music. And that's the whole show, and it's a blast, man. I'm excited. This will be our third one for the year. Uh, yeah, man. I'm I'm pumped. I got some tunes that I know you're gonna love, dude. Which means I know that our listeners are gonna love it. Because if you've been holding on, if you've been sticking with us all these years, chances are you probably have similar taste in music. I hope so. Otherwise, you know, you might be kind of bored. Hell are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Who knows what, where we'll go after this, but um, we try to keep it interesting around here. So we'll we'll come up with something. Um, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Anyway, all right, Q. So where can they find us? 
pressure's on. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> recite our outro. Oh, this is me now. It's all up to me. Well, you can find us on Twitter at No Filler Podcast. Give us a shout out. We will interact with you for sure, uh, and we'll love every second of it. Let us know what you've been hurting lately. Uh, give us some of your suggestions. If you're into Doom Gaze, what's your favorite artist in the genre? Send it our way. We love discovering new music. That's what we live for. Uh, so yeah, interact with us on Twitter. That's again at No Filler Podcast. We are also part of the Pantheon Podcast Music Network, the network for music lovers. There you can find a ton of other awesome music-centered podcasts at Pantheon Pods on Twitter or PantheonPodcasts.com. You'll find us there. Uh, you can stream our show directly from the Pantheon Podcast Network, or you can stream us on pretty much anywhere that you stream your podcasts. I mean, you're listening to us now, so you found us. I don't know why. You know, it's kind of obvious that you can stream us on something because you're listening to us now. How many people are like, man, you know, the platform that I'm using right now, I wish I could use another one. And then they're like, wait a second. They're on more than one? Yeah. Chances are whatever you're listening to us on now is your preferred method of listening to podcasts. But And if you don't like it, just install another app and you'll probably find us on there because we're yeah. we're on pretty much all the streaming. Services. We're on we're on the uh we're on the the Amazon podcast thing wherever you can we listen. We are? Yeah. Oh, cool. We're on Spotify. That's my preferred place to listen to podcasts. We're on Pandora. Everywhere you want to be. Uh, Yeah, so that's that, dude. Next week, we're going to be coming back at you with some What You Heard's. I'm pumped, dude. Uh, my favorite episodes are the music-heavy ones, you know? Well, I feel like we've been doing that a lot lately. We had a ton of tunes last week, a ton of tunes this week. Even more coming at you next week, because next week is 10 tracks, at least. Whew. It's a lot of tracks, brother. All right. It's, that's our monthly mixtape queue. So tune in and rock out with us. Um, I hate that term, rock out. There yeah, I said it. I'm not a fan of it, dude. I cringed. You just didn't see me. You just didn't see me cringe, brother. All right. All right. Well, like I said earlier, I've got one more Doom Gaze track to play us out. It's going to be the band that we first played on this podcast that, that fell under this genre called... Holy Fawn. This is a track off of their Black Moon EP that came out last year. The song is called Candy. And we will talk to you guys next week. My name is Travis. And I'm Quentin. Y'all take care.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.